If we can collectively become conscious citizens of this planet, we'll lessen the burden we place on it. By living to your full potential, you'll not only change your world, you'll change the world around you too. Some people are comfortable with mediocrity. Greatness is about becoming the greatest version of yourself. Hello everyone. Well, today I am absolutely delighted to be starting my next book club. Now, I've got so many books on the list that I want to do, um, so many, but I've taken a little bit of a vote on it. And one that I think is going to be really, really helpful to everyone is Good Vibes, Good Life by Vex King. Now, why have I chosen this book? Um, lots and lots of reasons. First and foremost, I know a lot of people across all different age groups have read this from teenagers to um, every single age group who reads this seems to really enjoy it. And it's so, so helpful. It's got so many golden nuggets in there. It's also really, really easy to read. I love Vex's writing style. It's very, very um Easy, easy, broken down into nice little really short chapters, which I really, really love. And I think it's such a skill. It's such a skill to take such complicated subjects and to make it understandable to all sorts of people of all different you know, levels of awareness. For those of you that can afford it, I would really, really recommend you get this. You can get this on Amazon. You can get it from all good bookstores. Um, and it's really lovely to support the author by buying the book. And what I will be doing is reading it through. Um, and then what I'm going to do is just be making my little comments as I go through. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. So let's get started. Um, I'm going to read the back cover and you'll see why I've picked this one. Be the best version of you that you can be. How can you learn to truly love yourself? How you, can you transform negative emotions into positive ones? Is it possible to find lasting happiness? In this book, Instagram guru Vex King answers all of these questions and more. Vex overcame adversity to become a source of hope for thousands of young people and now draws from his personal experience and his intuitive wisdom to inspire you to practice self-care, overcome toxic energy, and prioritize your well-being. To cultivate a positive lifestyle habits, including mindfulness and meditation. Change your beliefs to invite great opportunities into your life. Manifest your goals using tried and tested techniques. Overcome fear and flow with the universe. Find your higher purpose and become a shining light for others. In this book, Vex will show you that when you change the way you think, feel, speak and act, you change the world. And Lewis Howes, New York Times bestselling author and host of the School of Greatness podcast, I love Lewis Howes' podcast, said this is the perfect guide for those who are seeking a way out of the darkness and want to live a more beautiful and meaningful life. So one of the main reasons I chose this book is at the moment, so many people are probably on a similar thinking to me in terms of goodness me, what's going on in the world? We've had our eyes open to nothing is as we seem. Everything is topsy-turvy. Everything is inverted. And in this book, you're going to find some simple, easy to put into place, practical tips with lots of examples. So let's get started and see what you think. Mum, I dedicate this book to you. Our life has been tough, but with your strength, faith and perseverance, you've made incredible things happen for us. Regardless of everything that came your way and all the times I've let you down, you show me nothing but unconditional love. It was this love that led to the sacrifices you made. It was this love that kept me smiling. You forgave, you hugged, you laughed, you inspired, you encouraged, you healed. And you did everything else in your power to demonstrate that with love, anything was possible. Which is why I'm here today, passing on my love to others through my words. And Dad. Of course, my existence would not be possible without you. Although I never got to know you properly, 
I've always felt your energy guiding me when I needed it most. I know how much I meant you when I was born. I hope you're proud of me. Finally, I'd like to dedicate this book to anyone with a dream, whether that's a dream just to survive or to make it through a dark day. It was my dream to write this book that will positively change lives across the world. If I can make it happen, so can you. I believe in you. I hope you do too. That's pretty powerful just to begin with as well. Um, just my thoughts on that. How often do we tell people that we love them? How often do we express our gratitude for people and what they've done to us and whether they've stuck through with us through thick and thin? I think that's a really, really important thing to recognise straight away. Introduction. For three years of my childhood, I had no fixed home. My family and I lived with relatives and, for short periods during this time, in a housing shelter. I was grateful that we had a roof over our heads, but I remember how frightening the housing shelter experience was. There were always unpleasant-looking characters lurking around the entrance who would throw us piercing stares when we entered the building. Being a four-year-old child, I felt scared, but my mother reassured me that things would be okay. She said that we should just look down and go straight to our room. One night we popped out and when we returned, there was blood all over the staircase and on the walls in the corridor. Fragments of glass covered the floor. My sisters and I had never seen anything so horrific before. We looked up at our mum. I sensed fear in her. But again, with courage, she told us to tread carefully over the glass and get up to our room. Still shaken by what we'd seen, my sisters and I tried to work out what may have happened downstairs in the corridor in the shelter. Then we heard screams and shouting, followed by sounds of chaos. It was terrifying. Once more, we looked to mum for comfort. She pulled us in close and told us not to worry, but I could hear her heart pounding. She was just as scared. We had very little sleep that night. The screams went on and on. I was surprised that no police came and that no one else seemed to be trying to calm the storm. It was as though no one cared about the safety of the people there. It felt like no one cared about us. All we had was each other in a world that seemed cold and corrupt. When I discussed childhood memories like this with one of my friends and family, they're shocked by how much I can remember. I often find them asking, how do you even remember that? You were so young. I don't remember everything, nor are my memories crystallised in clear detail. However, I do remember how I felt during the majority of my experiences, good and bad. There was so much emotion attached to the events that took place, and these memories haunted me for a very long time. During my late teens, I wished a lot of these memories would just go away. I wanted to erase them so that I was no longer reminded of the struggles I'd faced as a child. I was even embarrassed by some of them. I felt uncomfortable with who I was. There were times when I said and did things that didn't match the child I was deep down. I often felt hurt by the world and wanted to hurt it back. Things are different now. I look back on my memories and embrace everything that happened. There's a lesson to be learned from every event. I realise that the good, the bad and the downright ugly events are all part of who I've become. Although some of them may have been painful, they're a blessing. They've taught me so much. My experiences have left me with a drive to find a way out of misery and a path towards a better life. I've written this book to share the lessons I've learned in the hope that they'll provide you with some clarity and guidance to live what I call a greater life. It's up to you what you take from my stories. I accept that some of the ideas will resonate, whilst others will feel uncomfortable. Nevertheless, I do believe that if you can apply the concepts I discuss within the course of this book, you'll experience incredible positive changes in your life. I'm not a philosopher, a psychologist, a scientist, or a religious leader. I'm simply someone who likes to learn and share my wisdom with others in the hope it may release them from an undesirable feelings 
and increased feelings of joy. Powerful already, isn't it? I believe that every person on this planet is here to make a difference. I'm devoted to helping you find your purpose so you can add value to our world, which is in such turmoil. If we can collectively become conscious citizens of this planet, we'll lessen the burden we place on it. By living to your full potential, you'll not only change your world, you'll change the world around you too. Some people are comfortable with mediocrity. They avoid living a greater life, one that's beyond what most consider the norm. A greater life requires you to find your greatness. In simple terms, greatness is about becoming the greatest version of yourself. It's about breaking the imaginary boundaries that hold you captive in a life you believe you have to settle for and touching the realms of the unthinkable. The greatness mentality means living a life without limits, where there are infinite possibilities. For this reason, we cannot define where greatness begins or ends. We can only strive to become better. Stop trying to impress people. Impress yourself. Stretch yourself. Test yourself. Be the best version of you that you can be. This book requires you to commit to a better you right now. My aim is to help you become better than the person you were yesterday, every day, in each and every way for the rest of your life. If you wake up with a desire in your mind, then consciously follow up on it, you'll be surprised by how much inspiration you find. Your life will begin to reflect your commitment to progress. Greatness isn't a one-dimensional term. Although it's subjective, most will associate the word with having a special talent, lots of money or material possessions, authority or status, and big achievements under their belt. But true greatness goes deeper than that. It cannot exist without purpose, love, selflessness, humility, appreciation, kindness, and, of course, our highest priority as human beings, happiness. When I think of greatness, I think of reaching a level of mastery across all avenues of life and making a positive impact on the world. Great people aren't just the high rollers in life, but those who we value as amazing inhabitants of this world. You deserve a greater life, and this book will help you create it. Daily goal, be better than who I was yesterday. Post your pictures or favourite images, pages, quotes and experiences related to this book on social media using hashtag VexKingBook so I can like them and feature them on my page. So that's just the introduction. Wow, there's so much in there. Um, I love this. I love the talk about community. I love the talk about recognising that everything in life is a lesson, however painful it may seem at that time. And my goodness, how many lessons have we been through over the last few years and how many are we going through right now, both in terms of relationships with yourself, about your sovereignty, about family members, about what you feel about the controllers of society, every aspect of your life, food chain, water. Um, it's amazing to see how many areas. And I've had so many conversations with people just this week um, in terms of it's a fine line, isn't it, about where do we concentrate all our efforts on ourselves and where do we concentrate on being good citizens? Because we know that some of history's atrocities have come because no one has spoken up against them or not enough people. You know, if we turn a, a blind eye to atrocities that are happening, then are we just as complicit in that as the perpetrators? So lots in it already. Let's get on to the first chapter. What is self-love? To achieve a sense of peace, we need balance. Balance between work and play, between action and patience, spending and saving, laughter and seriousness, leaving and staying. Failing to achieve a balance across every area of your life can leave you feeling exhausted among many other unpleasant emotions, such as guilt. Here's an example of balancing action and patience. If you're the project leader of a final year university assignment 
and you catch a team member who you like on social media instead of helping your team, you may allow it to slide. If they do it on multiple occasions and you notice their productivity slipping, you may warn them that if it persists, you'll have to report them to the course leader. If they then choose to ignore you and continue their behaviour, would you feel guilty about taking further action? If you're a kind and compassionate human being, you may fear hurting their feelings and getting them in trouble. By reporting them to the course leader, they may have to face severe consequences that affect their final grade and that might have implications on their future. However, they're disrespecting you and ignoring your warnings. You may feel like they're taking your kindness for granted and you might worry that other project members will be disheartened if they see your lenience as favouritism. In this instance, if you're kind and honest and follow a fair process, you needn't feel guilty for taking further action. It's important to recognise that it's not unjust to let go of those who show no concern for you. As project leader, you can remember that you tried your best and unfortunately your friend chose not to respond. If you don't take action, you risk losing your inner peace, the respect of your team and harming your own grade. By taking a balanced approach, you can feel more at ease and avoid any bad feelings such as guilt. You demonstrate both action and patience. You can show that you're understanding and forgiving. Self-love is the balance between accepting yourself as you are whilst knowing you deserve better and then working towards it. So that's an interesting scenario, isn't it? I'm sure we've all got scenarios in our everyday life where we've got these things going on all the time. And a lot of us, I, myself included, have spoken a lot about boundaries and having healthy boundaries. But often those boundaries are a bit of trial and error to put in place. And everyone's going to set those boundaries at different places, depending what resonates for them as an individual. But these sort of questions are really important to to ask because there's always consequences of any action but when you're giving it a considered non-emotional you know thought process like vex has just described there i think that's the best we can do and um, once you've made that decision accept the consequences and accept you've done it from the right place you can show that you're understanding and forgiving and also firm and authoritative the chances are that even if this student is upset by your decision, they will still respect you for giving them a chance. So what does this have to do with self-love? Well, the phrase self-love is often misunderstood. Self-love encourages acceptance, but many people use this as an excuse to remain unchallenged. In fact, self-love consists of two essential elements that must be balanced if one wishes to live a harmonious life. The first element encourages unconditional love towards yourself. The focus is on mindset. The truth is, you won't love yourself more if, for example, you lose or gain weight or undergo cosmetic surgery. You may feel more confident, sure, but true self-love is when you appreciate where you are and who you are, regardless of any transformation you aspire to. The second element encourages growth and the focus is on taking action. Improving yourself and your life is also at self-love because it means you recognise that you deserve more than settling for mediocrity. When it comes to self-love, think about what it means to love others unconditionally. For example, your partner may have annoying habits, but this doesn't mean you love them any less. You accept them as they are and sometimes even learn from their flaws. You also want what's best for them. Therefore, if a particular habit was affecting their health, you'd support them in making positive changes. This demonstrates your unconditional love for them. You don't judge them harshly, but you do want them to be the best version of themselves for their own sake. Self-love is about applying this to yourself, having your own best interests at heart. True self-love can be present in anything that adds value to your life, from your diet to your spiritual rituals or the way you interact with your personal relationships. And, of course, a significant aspect of self-love is acceptance, being content with who you are as you are. As a result, self-love is empowerment and liberation.
An understanding of self-love allows us to find balance between mindset and action. Without balance, we'll regularly stumble, fall and feel lost. When you love yourself, life will begin to love you back. The balance between mindset and action will enable you to vibrate higher. We'll explore this further in the next few chapters. So, I mean, self-love has always been quite quite a triggering thing for me. Um, I don't know why it's been so triggering. I think I think self-love means something different to absolutely everyone you speak to. And I'd really love to hear in your comments below, what does self-love mean to you? And what sort of practices do you incorporate into your daily life to ensure that you do have self-love and that that's something if you need to, you're still working on? There's so many things we can do in this area, and I'd really, really love to hear what's working for each of you, because when we see what's working for other people, it, it might really, really help someone in the chat. So please don't be shy in sharing. So part one, a matter of vibes. Introduction. My time at university was a financial struggle. Although I'd been given a student loan, most of it went on my accommodation. I had very little to live on. I couldn't buy any course books because I couldn't afford them. I wouldn't ask my mum for money because she knew I was struggling herself. I knew that if I did ask her, she'd somehow find the money for me, as she has always done her whole life, even if it meant that she couldn't eat. For the most part, I budgeted well. I could go out and party with my friends regularly. I never went hungry and I didn't have to keep wearing the same clothes. I made a little money from online endeavours, like building customised page layouts on MySpace. During one summer term, I returned home for a break. I had no money left and everything felt hard. I didn't want to go back to university because I didn't enjoy the work and I had no motivation to complete my summer assignments. Having spent much of the year studying, I was forced to find a summer job so I'd be able to stay afloat when I got back to university. All of my friends were planning a much-needed holiday together and I couldn't afford to go and I was having problems with a girl. The drama I was experiencing in my romantic and platonic relationships constantly angered me and I didn't feel good about life. One evening, I came across a book called The Secret. People were saying it was changing their lives and that everyone could benefit from it. It was founded on a simple principle, the law of attraction. Let me know below how many of you read The Secret or seen the film and what are your thoughts on it? Um, what are your thoughts on it now? And can you remember what your thoughts were on it when you first read it or watched the film? The, prim the premise of the law of attraction is that what you think about, you bring about. In other words, we can attract the things we want into our lives by committing our thoughts to them. This applies to the things you don't want as well as the things you do want. Quite simply, whatever you focus on will be returned to you. So the law of attraction stresses the importance of thinking about what you want rather than focus on focusing on things you fear or dread. The law of attraction places great emphasis on positive thinking. To me, it sounded too good to be true. So I began to do more research and I read about people who were claiming that the law of attraction was bringing them astonishing changes. Could I apply this to my life too? I knew exactly what I wanted, to go on holiday with my friends. I needed roughly £500 for this to happen. So I followed the general guidelines and tried to be as positive as I could. A week or so later, I received a letter from the tax office saying that I may have paid too much tax. Was this a sign that the law of attraction was working? I filled out the forms to provide them with further details and posted it back to them as soon as I could. A week went by and I heard nothing. My friends were getting ready to book their holiday and I felt miserable that I wouldn't be able to join them. The potential of tax rebate lingered in the back of my mind. With growing frustration, I rang the tax office and asked them if they'd received my letter. They confirmed they have and that I'd hear back soon. At this point, I felt excited, but I was running out of time. 
The summer term was ending and my friends would be going away soon. Another week went by and I still hadn't received anything. I was starting to give up on the idea and told my friends to book the holiday without me. I decided to focus elsewhere and lift my mood by reading motivational material. At the least, this would make me feel a little bit better about life. A few more days passed, then an envelope from the tax office arrived. I opened it nervously. Inside was a cheque for £800. I was shocked, overwhelmed and overjoyed. I got myself to the bank as fast as I could to deposit the cheque. Cheques usually take up to five days to clear, but this one was in my account within three days. The following Monday, my friends and I booked a last-minute holiday and flew out four days later. I had a wonderful time, but more importantly, I became a believer in the law of attraction. I decided that I was going to use this to change my entire life. So, I want to know what your thoughts are on the law of attraction. What are your experiences? I spoke about this in one of my recent interviews. I can't remember at the moment who it was with, but I read the law of attraction years ago. I think a friend gave it to me for my birthday back in uh, 2011. The reason I remember that is it's written in the front and my daughter's just reading it now. And from that moment on, things started shifting to me. Now, being careful how I say this, there's a lot of things coming out about various people and who's involved in what and agendas behind things. But just like if it's your favourite band where you've got favourite music that uplifts you, brings back happy memories, makes you, lifts your vibration, a good book, a motivational speaker. You know, we all go through so many stages in life. And what I would say is take the good and just leave what doesn't serve for you. So if those of you that haven't read The Secret and tried some of these simple tips, honestly, I know so many people that have made major shifts in areas of their life just by reading The Secret and putting some of their teachings into place. Um, So let me know what you think. Let me know, as I said, if your thoughts over this have evolved as you've looked into this more deeply. What do you think about the other universal laws and how they think into the law of attraction? So page seven there's something missing from the law of attraction. For the law of attraction to work, you have to think positively. However, it's difficult to stay positive all the time. When things go wrong in life, or they don't quite turn out as we expect, it's hard to remain optimistic. Most people saw me as being a positive individual, but when things got hard, I was far from it. Anger had always got the better of me. Sometimes external events would create so much rage within me that I'd want to wreck everything in sight. As a result, I'd enter a downward spiral. I fluctuated constantly from highs to extreme lows. I was like two different people. These inconsistencies were projected onto my life. I'd go through some really good periods and then experience some really bad ones. During the bad times, it was impossible to see the bright side of things. I tended to give in and take out my frustrations on the world by smashing up furniture, speaking rudely to others, and moaning about how terrible it was to live in the world. During my last year of university, I experienced a massive setback in a group project that counted for a significant percentage of my final grade. When my group became divided, over how much of a contribution people were making. I tried to be optimistic about it and expected it to work out in the end, but it didn't. It got really messy. It suddenly seemed clear that the law of attraction didn't always work. My group was completely divided, arguing constantly over our individual roles and how much effort each member was putting in, just months before graduation. Things got out of control and harsh words were exchanged. Unfortunately, there was no way to fix the issue. My friend Daryl and I felt that we were treated very unfairly, but there wasn't much we could do about it other than work 10 times harder with looming deadlines that seemed impossible to meet, especially on top of the rest of our workload. We were convinced we'd fail our assignments and the exams and therefore be unable to graduate. It felt like we'd wasted our entire time at university. 
I'd gone to university because I felt like I had to. It was what you were supposed to do if you wanted a good job and a comfortable life, which I hadn't experienced during my childhood. But deep down, I didn't really want to be there. I didn't enjoy it. I always knew I wouldn't end up in a traditional job. I was doing this for my mum more than anything. I watched her struggle my whole life and wanted to show her that it hadn't been in vain. Now that I was so close to the finish line, it was all going to be taken away from me. All I could think about was letting my mum down, letting myself down, and all the money wasted on a degree that I was going to fail. It was for nothing. I was overcome by negative thoughts. I told my mum I was going to leave university as I had no reason to be there. I hated it and it was unfair what I was going through. My rage needed a scapegoat, so I blamed her for everything. Lovingly, she tried to convince me to stay and do the best I could. But in anger, I only argued with her even more. I really feel for this situation. I was fed up with the endless problems and I wanted to leave everything behind. I had no reason to live and no purpose in life. My low state even led me to revisit some of my worst memories, which just added more fuel to the fire, convincing me that my life was worthless. What was the point in having dreams if I could never manifest them? I convinced myself I was living a lie and kidding myself that I could do big things. It seemed clear right then great things were never meant for me. So I trawled through employment websites and applied for a variety of jobs that looked fairly interesting and paid well, even though I wasn't qualified for them. I thought that if I could land one, it wouldn't seem like a complete failure and I would at least have some money to help out my family with their debts, bills and expenses, including my sister's weddings. In my covering letters, I explained that although I was underqualified, I'd be the perfect employee. No one responded. Underneath it all, I knew I couldn't quit university when I'd already come so far. I'd expended so much energy trying to find a way out of the problem, but now it was time to face what had to be done and hope for the best. But first, I had my eldest sister's wedding to attend. This added more pressure. It meant that I'd have to hand in an assignment earlier than everyone else and take time off university just two months before my final deadlines, which would set me back even more. Stubbornly, I told my family that I couldn't go to the wedding, even though I knew I'd forever regret missing such an important event. In the end, I did go, albeit reluctantly. And as soon as I got there, something unexpected happened. I felt calm and relaxed. The wedding was in Goa, India, and it was beautiful. Everyone there was shining bright with happiness and love for my sister and her new husband. Honestly, at this point, I wasn't trying to feel positive. I was comfortable feeling down and feeling sorry for myself, and I wanted others to feel sorry for me too. But this new environment created a welcome shift in me. For the first time in ages, I felt grateful. I'll always remember my sister's wedding, and it taught me a lot about how the universe operates. On my return home, the positive feeling stayed with me. I felt good and very calm about the chaos outside of me. And my renewed steadiness motivated me to finish what needed to be done. I created a dummy scorecard that displayed the overall mark I would receive for my degree. I'd stare at this for a few minutes each day, whilst pretending that the impressive grade on the scorecard was real. I didn't quite believe that I'd achieve it. It was merely a desire but I did believe that I would do well nonetheless. I made up my mind to go to the library every single day for hours on end. I put in the huge amount of extra work needed to complete the group assignment and more. During my breaks, I took time to chat with positive people who were able to make me feel good about myself. One of them was the woman I'd eventually fall in love with for life. When it came to exam time, handing in assignments and doing the final year presentation, I was confident that I'd done enough. As it turned out, I didn't quite get the marks that were on my dummy scorecard, but I did pass comfortably. And I aced one of the hardest exams on my course, which came as a surprise. I went on to have similar success by using the law of attraction, but overall the results were hit and miss. 
I knew I was missing something. When I found out what this was, I began to have more consistent success. I was able to test this on others to see if they'd also benefit from my discovery, and they did. In fact, many of them were able to do things that had once seemed impossible. Not everything I've wanted has manifested. This has usually been a blessing in disguise. Too many times I've believed that I wanted and needed something, but it was for all the wrong reasons. Over the years, I've gained clarity and sighed with relief for not getting what I thought was surely meant for me. Often, I've not got what I wanted, only to find I've later been blessed with even more. I love this chapter because, one, it's brutally honest about how Vex was feeling really sorry for himself. And I think, you know, I don't think there's a single person listening to this that won't have gone through those stages uh, multiple times in their lives. You know, sometimes we do all feel sorry for ourselves. And it's quite important to go there, not suppress it. But look how quickly things can turn around. So let's get on to the next chapter and see what happens next. Page 13, the law of vibration. The universe responds to your vibration. It will return whatever energy you put out. We hear this a lot. I'm just pausing straight away on this one because we hear this so much about the law of vibration and we get back like a boomerang exactly what we put out. But how many of us really believe it and how many of us are really observing what's manifesting in our lives and why that is? Beyond the law of attraction is the law of vibration. It's the key component to a greater life. Once you learn and apply the ideas around this law, your life will transform. This isn't to say that you'll avoid all difficulties. What you will do, though, is find a way to take control and create a life that feels just as good as it looks. Now, one of the earliest authors of self-improvement literature is Napoleon Hill. His 1937 book, Think and Grow Rich, remains one of the best-selling books of all time, and many of the world's greatest entrepreneurial gurus praise its guidance to achieving success. Hill's research for his book included interviews with 500 successful men and women to find out what they'd done to attain their success. He then shared the wisdom he'd accumulated from them. Among his conclusions, he claimed, we are what we are because of the vibrations of thought which we pick up and register through the stimuli of our everyday environment. Hill makes many references to the concept of vibration in this book. And you'll see the word vibration, today it's commonly abbreviated to vibe, a number of times in my book too. Um, that was one of the first set of self-improvement books that I read, um, the Napoleon Hill Think and Grow Rich. Absolutely brilliant. And um, actually, I've got several people in my life, including my husband, where it was really, really transformational for him. So I really recommend if anyone hasn't read that, they they read that. It's a brilliant read. Yet many later editions of Hill's book removed any mention of the word vibration. Perhaps the publishers didn't believe the world was ready for Hill's concept. Even today, metaphysical laws related to vibration are under criticism due to lack of scientific evidence. Oh, that's so annoying. <laughs> Despite this, there have been a number of attempts to explain the law of vibration. Scientist Dr. Bruce Lipton and author Greg Braden are among those at the forefront of bringing the gap between science and spirituality. I think everyone knows how much I love those two. Their ideas on how our thoughts affect our lives support the concepts suggested by the law of vibration, even if some believe it to be no more than modern pseudoscience. I bet those people who think it's pseudoscience aren't attracting what they want into their lives. <laughs> Regardless, I for one have found the law of vibration resonates deeply with me and helps me make sense of life. And I know many others have discovered this too. I've seen miraculous changes occur from using the law of vibration. And whether you become a believer or remain on the other side of the fence, throughout this book, you'll learn that the law of vibration does no harm. Sometimes first-hand experience is more valuable than any data measurable in numbers and graphs. I so believe that. So what is the law of vibration? To begin with, remember that everything is made up of atoms and every atom is a little vibration. Therefore, all matter and energy is vibrational by nature. 
If you think back to school, you were taught that solids, liquids and gases are all different states of matter. The frequency of the vibrations at a molecular level defines what state they're in and how they appear to us. Reality, as we perceive it, occurs only through matching vibrations. In other words, for reality to be perceived, we have to be vibrationally compatible with it. The human ear, for example, will only hear sound waves that are between 20 and 20,000 vibrations per second. This doesn't mean that other sound waves don't exist. We just can't perceive them. When a dog whistle is blown, the frequency is above the vibrational range of the human ear and therefore doesn't exist to us. Obviously, it does to the dog. In his book, The Vibrational Universe, spiritual author Kenneth James Michael McLean writes that our five senses, our thoughts, as well as matter and energy, are all vibrational. He argues that reality is perception defined by vibrational interpretation. Our universe is clearly a deep sea of vibrational frequencies, meaning that reality is a vibrational ether that's responsive to changes in vibration. If the universe is responsive to our thoughts, words, feelings and actions, because, according to McLaren, they're all vibrational, then it's assumed by the law of vibration that we can control our reality. Change the way you think, feel, speak and act and you begin to change the world. To bring an idea into an existence, or rather into your perception, you must match its vibrational frequency. The more real or solid something is to you, the closer you are to it vibrationally. This is why when you truly believe in something and act as if it were already true, you increase the chances of it coming into your physical reality. We hear this so much, don't we? There's so many people, whether it's Joe Dispenser, Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, loads of other people, Ron Byrne from The Secret. There's so many people that have really been putting it into practice and realise that it's true. And the best way to really do this is to do it yourself. So let's all just make sure we start practicing some of the tips in this book and let's just see and monitor what results come for us. What have you got to lose? To receive or perceive the reality you wish to have, you must be in energetic harmony with that which, which you desire. This means that our thoughts, emotions, words and actions must align with what we want. This can be represented by taking two tuning forks that are calibrated to the same frequency. If you strike one of them so that it starts vibrating, the second fork will also vibrate whilst remaining untouched. The vibration from the struck tuning fork transfers to the untouched tuning fork because they're attuned to the same frequency. They're in vibrational harmony. If they're not in vibrational harmony, then the vibration of the struck tuning fork will not translate to the other. Similarly, to listen to a specific radio station, you have to tune in the receiver to the frequency of that station. This is the only way you can hear it. If you tune into a different frequency, you'll end up listening to a completely different station. It sounds obvious. It really does sound obvious. But these are such important analogies for people to really integrate. Once you're in vibrational resonance with something, you begin to attract it into your reality. The best way to identify what frequency you're on is through your emotions. Your emotions show a true reflection of your energy. Sometimes we can believe we're in a positive state of mind or taking good actions, but deep down we know we're not, we're just pretending. If we pay attention to our emotions, we can see the true nature of our vibration and therefore what we're attracting into our life. If we feel good, we'll think good thoughts and as a result, we'll take positive actions. This is so important. And I talk a lot about my relationship with animals and I'm lucky enough to spend my life surrounded by animals. It's so, so important. And, you know, if you're in any doubt about what vibration you're actually in, try looking at how any animals are responding around you if you're lucky enough to have some in your life. If you haven't, get a really honest friend or family member to say what they pick up from you in terms of what they think you're feeling and what vibration you're at. You can use words that that makes sense to them and to you. But when we're really open to that honest feedback, 
then we can really start making improvements in our life and attracting in what we want. Because so often, you know, we've got blind spots to where we really are. And it's really important that if we want to move forward and change things in our life, we recognize that. So we're now on page 19, good vibes only. Good vibes are simply higher states of vibration. The term good and positive are used interchangeably to describe something desirable. For example, every time you label a past event as good or positive experience, you're referring it to it, it in this way because it went as you'd hoped, or at least not as badly as it could have been. Essentially, you want things that you want because they make you feel good. All of life's desires are pursued to bring about a pleasurable emotional state and to avoid displeasure. Most of us believe that attaining our desires will lead to happiness. Given that emotion is one of the most powerful vibrations you can control, and fundamentally, positive emotions are what we're in search of, we can infer that our quest in life is to experience good vibrations. Think about it. When you feel good, your life also appears to be good. If you could continually experience good vibes, you'll always view your life in a positive light. Physician Dr. Hans Jenny is known for coining the term cymatics, which is a study of visible sound and vibration. Oh, look this up on YouTube. It's amazing. Cymatics, that's spelled C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. One of his best known experiments shows the effect of sound on sand sprinkled onto a flat metal plate that's made to vibrate at different frequencies by stroking a violin bow against its edge. Various patterns are formed depending on the different frequencies. At higher vibrations, beautifully intricate patterns are formed. Lower vibrations produce less appealing shapes. A higher vibration then creates more enjoyable effects. Ideally, we want to feel as loving and joyful as we can in life. These are the highest vibrational feelings and will help us manifest more of what we want and, by extension, more good vibrations. In contrast, feelings of hatred, anger and despair have very low vibration. They'll attract more of what you don't want. Based on the principle of the law of vibration, to receive good vibes, we must project good vibes. As transmitters and receivers of vibrational frequencies, the vibrations we put out are always pulling in stuff that's vibrationally a similar frequency to us. This means the feelings we put out into the universe will be returned to us through matching vibrations. So if you send out feelings of joy, then you'll be given more things to feel joyful about. The misconception is that you feel good only once what you have what you want. The truth is you can feel good right now. Ultimately, self-love and raising the level of your vibrations go hand in hand. When you make an effort to raise your vibration, you show yourself the love and care you deserve. You'll feel good and attract good. By taking positive actions and changing your mindset, you'll manifest greater things. By loving yourself, you'll live a life you love. So that's the end of part one. Next time we'll get on to part two, positive lifestyle habits. Um, there's so much, you know, when you're reading through these things, it's very easy to pour, to sort of skip through things and not really take in just the significance of how important these things are. So one of the reasons I thought I'd do this as a book club in short little bite sizes is depending what time you've got, you can listen to one or you can listen to, you know, quite a few at once and you can replay the bits that you need to just to really make sure it goes into you at a vibrational level. Because so often it's these simple, simple messages that can really transform our life the most. So this week, I think there's loads to, to think about. Please let me know what experience of this have you got? How do you find that you shift that vibration of yourself? What works for you? And have you tried things that haven't worked for you? And let us know some of the results you've been getting. Um, for me, I speak a lot in a lot of my videos about gratitude. It's so simple. People say, oh, gratitude, being grateful. But it is literally transformative, enough to transform your life. 
if you if you're in a state and if you're really um creating an energy of gratitude all through your day from the moment you wake up to the last thing at night just watch how much things shift for you and like vex said in that chapter you know sometimes if we haven't got what we've expected to or specific things we ask for often the universe has a reason for it and something even better comes along to replace it so i think keeping that open curious mind to me and asking you know people sort of say well how do i know what i'm vibrating at it's really simple look at your life if things are going how you want in your life that's a really good reflection that right here right now you're vibrating at a really great great frequency for yourself if things aren't in any areas of your life and i think that's the case for most of us most people have got some area of their life that they would really like to improve on then being really honest about what your thoughts are what your feelings what you're putting out there and how that could relate to what you get back So a good example that I've come across recently is if you're with friends or you're the type of person that is taught negatively about others or other situations, then that is a very low vibe. And then that energy is going to come back to you. So try shifting it around. There's quite a few videos I've done on toxic positivity. You'll see that with um, my friend Bryce on Esoteric Atlanta. But so we're not talking about falsely ignoring or letting abuse happen or not having good boundaries and we'll come on to this later in the book I'm sure but what we are talking about is making sure that you're not bringing yourself down and and attracting into things into your life you don't want to by focusing on these low vibrational behaviors emotions and feelings so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for x and I will be back next time for the next in the series I really hope there's at least one thing that you can take away and apply to your own life or to the lives of your animals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you feel inspired, please do share with your friends and family. My goal is to inspire as many people as I can to live their best lives, to stay curious and to raise their consciousness and that of the collective. So to do this, I need to reach as many people as possible and this needs your help. If you feel drawn, would you be willing to share your favourite episode with five different people? This helps us spread the word and also helps me encourage some exciting new guests to take part in this podcast. If you feel drawn to do that, I will be very, very grateful. All the links and discount codes where applicable for all the products that I support are on my two websites, katherineedwards.life and katherineedwardsacademy.com All of the products are personally tried and tested by me, my family and my clients. And finally, please do press the follow or subscribe button depending which platform you're listening on. And above all, stay curious and stay free.